0: And uh, so as many of you may or may not know, my wife and I both went to Christian Life College in Stockton, California. And uh, I know now that Urshan continues to grow in Missouri, that's like, what, you went where? Hey, we went to, we went to Stockton, we went to Christian Life College. And I got a phone call this past week um, from Brother Mason Mischler, and he said, hey, we're on a summer preaching tour with CLC. And there was already a group in Independence and some people that have come from the college and they go out every year and they preach and minister at various churches and, of course, promote the college also. Um, and he, they had a cancellation in St. Louis. And he said, any, any, anything that you know of in the area? And I said, man, you know, I, I don't want Bible college students to be sitting on a summer preaching tour and not preaching. And so I made a couple of phone calls, and they had ministered already this morning, Brother Brown's uh, church in Kearney. They got, we have another one helping a church planter this afternoon, Brother Asby Bandy. And uh, and so today we're also going to have one of these young men get up here. Well, I say both of them. I think one's got a five spot, and one's preaching the message and español, So maybe he'll even greet you in Spanish and say something in Spanish. Uh, but at this time, we just want them to take their liberty because this is not just like, oh, yeah, you're just helping these guys out. No, no, no. I, I really believe that our Bible colleges should receive promotion. I really believe that we should help the people that are looking to have opportunities to minister. But it's beyond that. I believe that these young men have prayed have fasted. God has given them a word and that they're going to walk up to this pulpit for not just a church, but refuge church. And they're going to have a word, a sure, clear word from God for us and that God is going to mightily anoint them. And and they're going to speak and and we're going to respond and just have a great move of God's spirit today. Amen, because God does all things well. Praise God. So right now, I'm going to introduce you to them, and then they'll take their liberty. First is Mason Mishler, and then following that is Brother Abraham Sanchez. You guys just take your liberty today. Praise the Lord, everybody.
1: Man, it is so good to be in the house of the Lord on a Sunday afternoon. How many are thankful to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen. Amen. I I don't want average church. I don't want average church. I want to come to the house of God knowing that my life could be changed today, that my life could be altered today. I could receive my miracle today. I could receive my breakthrough today. Sinners can walk through those doors and be changed today. They can receive the Holy Ghost today. I'll make it personal. You can receive the Holy Ghost today. You can receive your healing today. You can receive your breakthrough today. How many believe that today? Amen. Amen. It's such a privilege to be here with you guys today. Thank you to your pastor for like he had mentioned opening up your guys' doors so like short term for us. We're so appreciative to be here. It was an amazing service this morning with Pastor Brown and we're just grateful to be here with you guys today. Um you know, I'm I'm like kind of like John the Baptist. I'm paving the way. Brother Abraham's going to come deliver the word in a minute, so I'll, I'll be quick here, but just want to share a quick thought. Um, in, in my text for it is coming from Acts chapter 9, Acts chapter 9 verses 13 to 15. Um, Acts chapter 9 verses 13 to 15. Then Ananias answered, "Lord, he's talking about, uh, about Saul, I have heard by many of this man. He's saying, "I've heard rumors. I've heard what this man has done. I've heard about his past. He goes on to say, how much evil he hath done to thy saints at Jerusalem. And here he hath authority from the chief priests to bind all that call on thy name. And here's the Lord's response after Ananias had said all this. But the Lord said unto him, go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel. Everyone say a chosen vessel. A chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. You see, Ananias um, had gotten a vision from the Lord that said, You need to go meet this man, Saul. And he had known. Uh, Ananias knew everything that Saul had done before. He knew the persecution, the trouble, the pain that he had caused to the Christian people. He knew Saul's past, and here he is questioning God. Like, really, God, this man? You want me to go pray for him? You see, Saul had lost his sight on the road to Damascus because of the miracle that had happened. But he, he was really questioning and saying, like, why God? Why him of all people? And God's answer, he didn't justify any of that. He didn't say, yeah, you're right like this guy he is you know he's a bad guy he's he's done all this and that no god completely bypasses all of that and says to ananias go thy way Go do what I've told you to do. Go listen to the voice that that has spoken to you. For he is a chosen vessel unto me. It doesn't matter what he's done in the past. It doesn't matter the mistakes that he's made. I'm telling you, I'm going to use him for my glory and for my purpose. And the such is the same for the church today. God looked at you and said, just like Pastor said earlier, I don't care what you've done in your past. I want to use you. You are a chosen vessel for me for my kingdom, for my glory. God says, I don't care the mistakes you've made. I don't care the things that you said in anger long ago. I don't care the times that you've spent drinking yourself senseless. He says, I just want you for who you are. And God's saying, I just see you for your potential. And I hope today that you've come in with an expectation, knowing that God is in this place. I believe God is going to meet us here in a mighty and a powerful way. In the worship service, earlier today. You could feel such a freedom and a liberty just to worship and to pray. The Lord's Spirit is in this place. Miracles are in this place. Signs and wonders are going to be done today in Jesus' name. I believe it. I believe it. If you believe it too, why don't we begin to praise him in advance? Why don't we go ahead and stand today? Why don't we stand today and we're going to pray for today's service. And when we pray, I want you to set your expectation for the service today. What God is going to meet what you believe, what your expectation is. If you believe your life is going to be changed today, God's going to change your life today. If you believe you can be healed today, God is going to heal you today. If you need a breakthrough today, God is going to heal you and give you that breakthrough today if you come with an expectation. So let us pray today. Lord God, we're coming before before you today God with an expectation we're coming before you God believing in faith that you're going to meet us here today God we are your chosen vessels we are your people God use us for your purpose and for your glory in Jesus name we pray
2: hallelujah, hallelujah. oh I feel the power of the Holy Ghost in this place I feel the presence of God in this place Ever since I walked in, I feel, I feel the presence of God so strongly and so deeply. I don't even have words to describe how God has been so good to me. And I'm so thankful for the opportunity today. Like Macy was speaking earlier today, I'm a chosen vessel. I'm a vessel too. You see, I was born and raised in church. And God called me to ministry. But I ran away from ministry for so long. So I got a hold of God in my life, and I could say I'm a, I'm a chosen vessel, and today, like Pastor said, it was a last-minute thing. It, we were not, uh, it was not scheduled to be here today, but God knows why we're here today. Only know, God only knows why we're standing here today, and I don't want to spend too much time. I want to give honor to Pastor. He's been a blessing to my life already. Just for the, the couple minutes I've been here, he's been a blessing to my life. Just seeing this powerful church that knows how to worship God. I feel the presence so deeply. Since I walked in, I felt the God so powerful. They were practicing, and I, I walked in, I dropped my backpack, and I felt God already speaking to me. And I'm so thankful for the opportunity today. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, his wife. The praise team did an awesome job. You guys are an amazing worship team. And um, um Pastor said to, you know, greet in Spanish. So, Dios le bendiga, hermanos. This, mando um, bendiciones de parte de mí. I know you guys are not understanding half the stuff I'm saying, but yo amo mi gente latina, gente hispana. Yo soy mexicano. Mi padre es mexicano. Mi madre es mexicana. Yo crecí en iglesia hispana. toda mi vida crecí, y yo siempre hay unos dos, tres mexicanos que siempre están presentes en la casa de Dios. I said there, there's always one or two Mexicans in the house of the Lord. Uh. Growing up as a, as a, you know, going up Mexican I'm Mexican. I, I was telling them in Spanish that I'm Mexican, and there's always one or two, you know, wandering around in the, you know, in the English church or American church. You, you quote, and I'm so happy to see my Spanish-speaking people. I have a, I have a love and burden for my Spanish people, my people, because they speak Spanish. Um, I just love them, man. I love Mexican food. Uh, I, mi- I miss, I miss my mom's <laughs> cooking. That's one thing I do miss being on tour, but I do have a burden for Spanish people and. Um, if you quieren, podemos hablar después del culto. and God bless you the Spanish people in this place. Um, well, I don't want to spend I don't want to spend too much time, I you know. But if you go open your Bibles to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 58. Um, if if you have it, you can say amen. If you don't have it, you say another amen. <laughs> you guys have it? I see it on the screen, or okay. And the Word of God says in First Corinthians, verse uh, chapter fifteen, verse fifty-eight. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. This this morning, this afternoon, I come as a messenger of Christ to tell this church to be immovable in the things of God, it's time for us to stop playing church and be firm in this doctrine that God has placed in our hearts. If you could close your eyes, let's pray that God uses me this morning. Heavenly Father, Lord God, I pray, Lord God. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. You may be seated today. As as we see in this scripture, the Apostle Paul is encouraging the church of Corinthians to remain faithful to everything he had taught them. We see the Apostle Paul throughout the Bible who was a man of his word. He was a man with a strong personality. He was encouraged the church of Corinthians to keep their faith and to stay faithful unto God. Today I'm speaking to a church that's going to be unmovable and stand firm for this apostolic doctrine. Yes. The church that isn't going to change because society is changing. Right. I'm speaking to a church that stands for truth and righteousness. Yes. I'm sorry, but I've been preaching, I've been preaching in Spanish and I, I've been tug twisting. I don't know, my, my tongue has been like switching back and forth. I've been preaching so much in Spanish that my English is kind of shaky. So if, I'm, I, if I messed up a lot, it's because, you know... I've been preaching in Spanish, and I'm not weird. I'm just, you know, my my Spanish might kick in, my in my español might kick in. We see in this in this in this chapter that, that Paul is preaching to this church of Corinthian, and he's giving the words of faith of words of faith and encouraging them to, to be faithful unto God. And we see throughout time, and in, in in his time, we see in, in his epi- another epistle that he wrote to Corinthian. The Apostle Paul is expressing for his concern for this church. In 2 Corinthians eleven three 3, it says, I'm afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent, cunning in her minds, may some be led astray from her sincere and pure devotion to Christ. We see even believers who have been taught by the Apostle Paul were victims of deception. And we see, I begin to, begin, I begin to research the word immovable. The word immovable is used in the New Testament only once. And its meaning is similar to steadfast, which means to be firmly planted and unwilling to budge from the other or running away from something. It means to be firmly strong, something stable. And we see that the Apostle Paul was preaching and saying, be faithful and stand for this righteousness Against the attacks, the enemies that, that were coming, stay faithful and stay strong. We see we're living in the end times, church. And when I say that, I mean it. Because since I, as a kid, I, I've been hearing preachers saying we're living in the end times. We're living in the end times. And I can feel it in my heart that I might be the last generation, the generation Z. I'm part of generation Z. And I might be the last one. We might be the last ones that see the coming of the Lord. And we see that hardships might rise One thing I learned when when you're living for God, the enemy always comes to attack your mind. He comes to attack your soul. And he wants to destroy your mind. He wants to destroy your mind and your soul. One thing I learned when walking with God is you have to be faithful to God and you will be blessed. Sometimes we run away from the calling of God. Sometimes we try to, you know, just run away from God. But he's always watching you. At all times, we see Paul was a strong man, and he was telling Timothy, keep preaching, keep fighting the good fight. It might be ugly outside, you might see how the world is so wicked, and they tell you so many lies. Because the devil is a liar, and his mama's a liar. I believe that the devil has no power, and never will have power, but he could destroy your mind. And you know what starts? You know why the devil has so much influence in this world? It's because he starts to so the things that you, you see. You see some, nowadays, everybody spends so much time in social media. We see that nowadays, everyone... sorry, We see nowadays that everyone spends, spends so much time on social media scrolling up and down on facebook on instagram on twitter on, on tiktok whatever youtube whatever the, the whatever they watch or on netflix they spend so much time on those pages they don't they don't realize how much time they're spending in, the, in those in those platforms and those platforms you know platforms take so much time from you and they begin to begin they begin to um, pour out little lies into your mind into your eyes. Hey, oh, you, should, you shouldn't go to church anymore. You should spend more time on social media. Oh, look at this church. It's, it's having, you know, having all these awesome services and all these cool lights and all that cool stuff. And the devil begins to, little by little, pour out little things into your mind. And the, some things, sometimes you don't realize how the devil works. He just starts pouring out little by little. So one day you're so cold and you can't feel the presence of God anymore. And then people question, why, I, why am I so cold? Why do I not feel God? It's because you're letting all these things in your mind and your soul. That it consumes your mind. And you have no, no right anymore. You don't, have no, you don't feel the presence of God anymore. Because you're so consumed in the things of the world. Yeah. Oh, We see in Proverbs 18.21, it says, death and life are the power of the tongue. You see, the first thing the devil wants to do is shut your voice. He wants to close out and censor your voice. He knows that your voice has power. He knows he can't stop you if you keep worshiping God. He knows that he can't stop you if you keep praising God and giving him joy. You keep praising God. Oh, shatayera, mashatay. The devil, the devil knows his time is short. 1 Peter 5 that says the devil, the ab- adversary is, is coming like a roaring lion to see who he could devour. I like that verse in Spanish, it sounds so strong, but in English it's, it's like, you know, it's like, it's whatever. You know, it's, in Spanish it says, Vene como un león a to destroy, to destroy you, this church, this time. And we see in these end times, we're living in a world of falsehood. It's more important. What we, what other people think about us, what, rather than what God thinks in us, we're living in the last days, like in the days of Noah, where nobody wants to believe in God or believe in the promises of God. And the sad thing of all this, it's also happening in the church. Today's young people want to live their own way. They will no longer want to obey their parents. They no longer want to deceive. They want to deceive their friends. They want to live with one foot in the church and another foot in the world. They want to live without value, without purpose, without goals. But I want to tell you something, church. That's a life from the devil. The devil wants to pour out so much negativity in this world. But I want to tell you something. We serve a God of the impossible. We seem to serve God in the Old Testament as the New Testament. We serve the God of the Living God. And his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. One thing I learned is I serve the living God. There's more than two million religions in the world. And I could say I worship the living God. Oh, Shatayeh, Shatta. Oh, Kaye. And we see this wicked world is leading everyone to lies. But I want to encourage the church today of this city to so stand firm for this apostolic doctrine. To so stand firm like the apostle Paul said, steadfast and immovable. Stand for this truth. Uh, stand for what's good. We're living in a world where everything, the good is bad and the bad is good. And it's so sad to see my own generation, I'm, I'm only 20 years old and it's so sad to see when I go back home to the city of Chicago. To go back to my dad's church and see people that I grew up with are no longer in truth. For a couple dollars, for a job, for a girlfriend, they left this truth. And I encourage young people, I'm so glad that you guys are worshiping God. Because it's the best thing you could do in your life. I'm speaking to you guys. Because one day I was sitting there and I could say that God changed my life when I got a hold of him. As it says in Proverbs 15.3. The eyes of the Lord are, are in every place, keeping watch of the evil and the good. The Lord is watching us at every moment. We cannot hide from God. We cannot hide from God. We're living in a world of darkness where depression, and anxiety is the normal way of living. And I want to tell you something, church. No, that's not the normal way of living. No, that's a lie from the devil. The answer is not more doctors and more therapists. Uh, the answer is Jesus. Uh, the answer is God. We need a to go beyond these four walls and preach the gospel. Like in Mark 16, it said to preach the gospel of all creature. We got to spread this gospel and keep firm in this truth. We are the light of this world. Jesus said in John fourteen six, and Jesus said to him, I'm the way, of the, I'm the, way the truth, the life. He is the way. If you're you're confused today, it's your first time. I have good news. You're in the right path, and God has a purpose for your life. Uh, I don't know your name, but God has a purpose for your life. You barely came from Africa, but God has a purpose for your life. It's not by accident you walk those front doors. It's not by it's not by coincidence, but God has a purpose in your life, and I could see it through you, the way you worship. God has a purpose for your life. I feel the presence of God so deeply. Oh, Shataye bakaye. Ever since I walked in, in this place, uh, God spoke to me and said, this church has been fighting and fighting and fighting. We, not, we might not see the fruit now, but there's something powerful coming to this church. I saw it in my own eyes when I walked in. God gave me a vision that you guys were reaping and plowing this, this, this harvest. Oh, <laughs> shatayera God spoke to me and said, This church has been fighting so long, so long, and you will see the revival. But God told me one thing if you want to see revival, it starts with love. You see, we're living in this dark world where you don't see love anymore, you don't see the love of God anymore. John 15, 6 says, You did not choose me, but I chose you. And through the love of God is where we're gonna see revival. Yeah. We gotta be unified. Even in the dark times, even when everything's going downhill, when we lose our jobs. Even when we saw it with our own eyes. 2020, the year of pandemic. We saw how the world was going crazy. Everything was, everybody was losing their jobs. Everybody was. Just going crazy in this world. And we see, we see how the, the world just was in, in, in a pandemic and everybody was going crazy. And people were leaving the church. People were quarantined and just staying watching through a screen. And that's when the devil started attacking the church. By silencing their voices. By silencing the church. Uh, but I could stand before you today that that was just the beginning uh, of something powerful. Because I believe through social media, through the, the, the platforms, uh, we're going to reach the lost. Uh, we're going to reach the people that are watching us through the streams. Uh. I believe that the anti-revival is not going to be just in the church. Uh, but it's beyond the church. Uh, it's going to be beyond this church. It's going to be through the medias and platforms. Oh, Shatayeh. Jesus doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I had the privilege to be traveling this summer and God has been so good to us. Mason's a witness. We've been preaching out and God has been opening doors of ministry to us. Doors that I never thought that I was going to be preaching in Louisiana or Texas or all those cool states. And, um, I just love the South, and God has been so good to us. And while traveling, I, I learned many things by traveling. I, I, I like to travel. Um, you know, I'm just, you know, I, I, I just love to travel. It's something I, I love to do. And back in California, I usually do, like, you know, road trips with my friends, and we go to the mountains and hike and stuff. But while on tour, I saw something different, and God was speaking to me. And he, he told me that, Abraham, pay attention to the pastors. When you, when you go to church, pay attention to the pastors, because they resemble the church and throughout you know traveling, we were, you know, every chap tra- every every church, every pastor's different, you know. You know, some of them are more crazy, some of them are more serious, some of them more spiritual. There was some, you know, they're they're all they're everywhere, you know, they're pastors. So, you know, I was in um in um in Georgia with Pastor Henry, you know, he's a great pastor, and he he came up to me, he said, Abraham, you know, I just, I just want you to prepare a lesson for the kids, and then uh, I'll meet you in the in the main service at you know twelve. And I was walking and I, I, I taught the lesson and then 10 minutes before the service at Abraham um, you're preaching tonight. I'm like, I'm like, really? Are, are you serious? And he told me, Yeah, you're just gonna preach. And we, you know, we were going through the service and the God was moving and everything. And there was a young man that came up to me. He's like, Man, I don't know, but I've been struggling with so many things. And God give me a word for the young man. I'm like, I'm only 20, man. I don't know if you want to listen to my words, you know. I'm only 20, you know, I'm just I'm just a kid from Chicago, but. You know, God sometimes uses me, you know. And the guy's like, man, no, I just, I, I believe, you know, you, you have something for me. And I began to speak life to the guy's life. I don't know why, but God gave me so many words. I, I, it wasn't me. It was all God. And he began to speak life to this young man. Speak life to this young man. The same thing today, I just want to encourage you this church. Uh, I want to speak life uh, and faith to this church uh, to keep pushing, to keep fighting, keep fighting this good fight. You might see this, this young man right here standing with a nice tie, but this tie is nothing. God has been so good to me. It, it's because the love of God and His grace that I'm standing before you today. It's because God loved me before He knew me. Before I knew him also. It's because of the love of God that you're standing here before. Standing here. Man, oh, I feel deeply the presence of God in this church. If you want to reach this city, we got to love everyone. We got to show the love of God. We got to show that love and passion. I stand before you today. That one thing before Bible college, I lacked love. You see, going as a Hispanic, Mexican kid, they always taught me, you're Mexican, you gotta act like a man. You gotta act and be macho. You gotta be a macho man. And my my dad even told me, if you wanna be a man, you gotta be, you gotta stand and be a man. And one thing I lacked all my life growing up in church is love. I used to go back home after work, and I, I I used to never say, I love you, dad, or I love you, mom, or sister, my brother. That's one thing I lacked in life, and today I tell you, Church, if you want to reach this lost world, we gotta show the love of God. Because through love, through the love of God, we reach the lost ones. And now I could, I could say when I go back, I could say, "Dad, I love you. Mom, I love you. I could say, Church, I love you. Cause God got a hold of me, and took me out of the darkness of this world, took me out of this wicked world." And now I can say I'm the light of this world. And all I want to do is pour out this light of the world. I have a strong passion for my generation, for the young people of this church. I have a passion and burden for these young people. And God chose me for this generation. I could have been born in the 80s, 70s, 60s, who knows? But God chose me for this time and hour. And one thing I could say, I'm going to keep preaching the oneness of God. Even the world wants to destroy this world. Even when the devil is a liar, he wants to destroy this church. We got to stay firm in this apostolic doctrine. We see in the Bible, in the book of Acts, in chapter 16, we see the Apostle Paul again with Silas. This, you see, they were in prison. They were in a pit. They were locked up. But that didn't stop them. That didn't stop them. We see, we had a pandemic. We were shut down for so many months and years. It feels like we're still shut down. But that didn't stop the church either. Because the Bible says that Paul, instead of being so depressed and being so shut down and weeping and crying, the, the Bible says they began to worship God. They began to shout. They, they, started, they began to praise God. And, then, and the next thing, then the Bible says that the, the gates of the jail opened and everybody was free because one thing, they kept worshiping God. They keep worshiping God. And I'm so glad to say that we're living in a church uh, that they still worship God even if it looks ugly outside. We're still worshiping God even if it's dark outside. We keep worshiping God to the end time. (laughs) One thing I want to tell you church today, I want to encourage this church to keep keep fighting, keep fighting, keep fighting. The devil is a liar and has no power or authority over your children. He's just a little liar that wants to consume your mind but has no right or no authority to change your mind. There's a saying that I love to say in every church I go to. A little church does not mean a little God. A poor church doesn't mean a poor God. We serve the same God. We had a service this morning, a small church, a small country country church, and I felt the presence of God so deeply in that place. And the same, the same God that was there is the same God today, and He's here too. And I want to encourage the church today: keep fighting, keep fighting this fight, keep fighting, and stand firm for this truth. Stand, stand firm. this message and through the love of God is that we're going to reach this world you may stand this afternoon it was a simple message but i know God has spoken to people in this church i know God is speaking light and speaking life to people in this church you might feel weak today but after the service, you're going to feel strong. I believe God wants to move. Move in this place. But it takes a step of faith. It takes one step. One little step. And God could get a hold of you. Like in my life, I took one step in my life. And God, God got a hold of me. You see, I'm going to tell you my testimony today. I usually never tell my testimony because I like to be, sometimes I'm, I'm so reserved, but it's not good to be reserved. See, I, I grew up in the city of Chicago. My dad's a pastor, and I was born and raised in church all my life. A small Spanish church. We started in our, our basement of our house. It was just two families. It was my, my, my family, my, par- my parents, my, my two siblings, and two aunts of mine. It was a small home mission church in the city of Chicago in a, in a basement. And I was helping my dad all the time, you know, as a kid, you know, stacking up chairs. Just stacking up chairs every day. And then one time, the drummer of the church left the church. And my dad grabbed me from the neck. He said, hey, man, you playing drums tonight. I was like, all right, I guess so. I didn't know anything about the drums. I wasn't the best drummer. To this day, I'm not the best drummer. But God used me in drumming all my life. And there was a point in my life when I was 14, 13. I got really into this, uh, the sport of soccer, and I, I started playing soccer in a high level. I was always traveling, you know, just traveling, playing soccer. I loved soccer. It was my passion. It was my joy. It was everything for me at the age of four, 13, 14. And then the age of 15, 16, I got more dedicated to the sport. I, I was pretty much dedicating my life to soccer. And I loved it so much, and I was like, Dad, I think I'm going to, you know, just, this is going to be my life. I'm going to just, you know, train, practice, and hopefully, I, you know, I become professional one day. So at the age of 17, I took a big step, and I I, I moved out of my parents' house, and I flew to Mexico to play soccer. Because it's a a long story, but the the United States doesn't have the best soccer program, and I just didn't like it. So I I was like, I'm going to go to Mexico, and hopefully I sign a contract, and and so on. So I went to Mexico. I was living in Mexico with my grandma at the time. And, you know, I was was living my dream. I, I tried out for this professional soccer team in the city where I'm from, in Mexico. I signed a contract. I was playing soccer at the age of 17, 18. I was playing soccer. With the, my, I was living my dream pretty much. I was living what I wanted to do in my life. I was living what my will wanted to do. I ran away from God. I ran away from ministry. I ran away from everything. My family because of uh, the love of a sport. At the age of 18, uh, I lost everything. My contract was actually a fraud. Mexico, being a corrupted country, they pretty much took everything from me. My agent at the time took everything away from me. He took everything—my money, my salary. Everything was a fraud, and I, lo- I lost everything. Being in Mexico, stuck, I lost everything. All my dreams and desires, and, and, and that's when I became so depressed. And I, had, I was living in a dark world. I was living in a, in a in a place of darkness, and I didn't know what to do with my life anymore. I was so sad and depressed. I was leaving my dream at one time, and then I lost it all. So I called my dad. I'm like, dad, I just lost my contract. Everything's a, like, just a fraud. I lost everything. And I was never a school person growing up, so I hated school. I, I, was, never, I, never, I was never a book person, so I, couldn't, I, couldn't, I was never a school person. So got, my dad's like, well, I'm not going to pay for school if you're not going to, you know, study and do your, your research and stuff. Just, so come, just come back and, I'll, you know, we'll figure out what we're going to do. So I went back to the States. I started working full time. I was just, you know, working 40 hours a week, 50 hours a week. And then um, I, was, I was so tired and I was depressed. I was doubting my ministry. I was just doubting myself. I'm like, why? Why am I going through all this? I was just living my dream. I was making good money and I lost everything. And I, I started questioning God. And I felt like Joseph at that time in my life. I was sitting in a pit. I was so depressed. So one day there was a youth revival, I went, I, I somehow I ended up going to that youth revival. And this guy named Elise Lopez spoke a message, alumni from CLC, spoke a message that changed my life forever. And he spoke about the light of the world, and you're a chosen person. And he was speaking to me that day, I was so depressed, he said, like, you got to be the light of the world, you're a chosen vessel, you're chosen, you're chosen. He was speaking, you're chosen, you're chosen, you're chosen. You're chosen. And I started weeping and crying in my heart. I'm like, I know I'm chosen, but I'm running away from the call of God in my life. And then I went up to the preacher after service. I was weeping and crying. I was, man, you had, you, I, don't, I don't know, but I felt the presence of God. And I went up to him. I'm like, hey man, where are you from? He's like, I'm from Christian Life College. I was 19 at the time. I, he gave me a little flyer of CLC. I searched it up on my phone. I bought a ticket to California for experience. And that Thursday night of prayer, I by a prayer in the side chapel. It was the side chapel at the time. God spoke to me and said, Abraham, you're chosen. You're chosen. You're chosen. Now you have to show this light to this world. All the darkness you went through, now show the light of this world. And today, before you, be, before, today in this, this hour, I encourage this church, be the light of the world. You see, I had everything and I lost everything one thing that stayed, remained in my, in, my, in my life, was this light of God. And that was Jesus. That was Jesus. Jesus is who's the guy who saved me. He's the God that saved me from this wicked world. Jesus took me out of the darkness I was living in. Now today I could say I'm free from all those things. Because God, got a hold of me. And today God wants to get a hold of you, church. But uh, you guys, to take the step of faith. Uh. I opened the altars this morning. If you want to take that step of faith, today is the day the Lord has made. Come on, church. God has been so good to us throughout these years. He's been so good to us. Oh, Rabah Shataye, Rabah Kaye, Oh, God, I pray in the name of Jesus upon this church, Lord God. Increase their faith, Lord God. I pray in the name of Lord Jesus Christ. Pour out your spirit upon them, Lord God. Touch the young people, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, increase their faith, Lord God, that something's going to shift in this church, Lord God. Oh, I pray, Lord God, you touch the hearts of these people, oh God. Get a hold of them, Lord God. Oh pray, Raboshata. God, I pray in the name of Jesus, God, for this church, Lord God, the great plans you have for this church, God. Oh, robo, sha ta'yé rabba, sha ta'yé rabbo. Oh, sha